You're listening to episode 53 of the Broken Glass Podcast, keeping your mind open to achieve your dreams with Diane Foster. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Today, I have Diane Foster with me. So welcome to the podcast, Diane. Thank you so much, Christy. So excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. Uh, You're a little bit different from our normal guests because we usually just talk to artists and musicians and, and people who have music businesses, but you have a production company and you work in entertainment and film and, and you do music videos, which is kind of how we got connected. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, and then we'll kind of take it back to how you got started in entertainment. Sure. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I am the founder and owner of Wally Bird Productions, which is a production company based in Los Angeles. And um, we work with many different people. Uh, Usually we have been doing um, independent film. We've done some music videos. Um, We're also working on a theater experience um, in Salem, Oregon. So we're sort of have our hand in a little bit of everything, uh, which is very exciting. And um, we're currently working on two different pilots and um, also trying to get together a feature film right now, which would be the first from the production company. So really exciting stuff. And I've been very, very grateful to work with some incredible people across pretty much every genre across the board of of talent. So it's very exciting. And um, I started it two years ago and we've just been kind of like going ever since. Yeah, I was looking through uh, your social media profiles and you've done a lot of really cool things. And uh, so let's kind of, let's just kind of go back a little bit. How how did you get started in entertainment and in this, this industry that we have? Yeah, so I I have always been involved in entertainment since I was a kid. I grew up in New Jersey, like you, um, and from the very beginning, I sort of um, my family was always involved in sports, and I'm the youngest of six. So I think very early on, I just always really loved performing for everybody, just like around the house, you know, singing and dancing and. I think that my mom was like, "Oh, she's definitely not going to do sports." <laughs> um, <laughs> So even though I did play on the softball team uh, when I was like eight and I did not like it at all, um, but they entered me into the Little Miss Union contest, which was like a variety contest in my local town that I grew up in. And I did a performance of I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. And it was really funny because I think at the time I was like the only kid who like, I had like jeans on, a tank top, my hair was wild. And every, all the other kids like had like tutus and tap shoes and <laughs> were very like, <laughs> I was like the wild one. Um, but anyway, I won that contest and I think that was like really fun. I mean, I was only eight years old, so I really didn't know anything other than I just, I really enjoy performing. And that sort of got me into doing dance classes and singing lessons. And then I was acting in all the school plays. That turned into me doing acting in regional theaters. And then I studied at the Paper Mill Playhouse as a child, just like um, doing some of their like kids' classes. 
And then pretty much, I would say, in my senior year, they they run a program, which they still run to this day. It was pretty early. I think it was only like three years in inception when when I was 18 years old. But when I was a senior, they did a, a program called the Rising Star Awards. And it's sort of like the Tony Awards for... Uh, high schools across the state of New Jersey. And I won the Rising Star Award that year. And from that point forward, I think for me, it was very much like, oh, I can do this and I can actually try and make this a career. You know, before then it was just like, I was just doing it regionally. And of course I was going into New York and studying and stuff, but it was at that moment where I thought like, okay, I think that I actually have the chops to do this. So worked a lot more in New York for the next couple of years. I did some off-Broadway shows. Um, I did, you know, some television, some commercials, did a lot of studying there. And then I decided I really wanted to move to Los Angeles. So I moved here to Los Angeles where I still live 18 years later, you know, decided this is, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it my life. I wanted to, you know, live and work in entertainment and do everything about it. So I came here. Um, originally, I, you know, I didn't know anybody here at all. I actually knew not a single soul. So it was pretty crazy now that I think about it, leaving my hometown at 21 years old and not knowing anyone here and driving across the country in three days and like just showing up like, hello, LA, I'm here. <laughs> I um, did the same thing. So <laughs> I, you know, like that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I think that's the thing with, with, with this industry. Anything basically with any industry is that having what they say, the chutzpah, right. To, to sort of go and just do it was the biggest thing. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have done all the things that I've done um, so far. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. And I'm, I'm thankful to my parents that they supported that crazy move. <laughs> but then really from there, I just, I started getting into independent film and that's sort of how I've, you know, where I'm, where I've landed now is doing independent film and doing music videos and stuff. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. And I'm, I feel grateful for all the people that I have worked with over the years because I've done some really, really cool things. Yeah. And it's interesting too, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, it took, you know, you, you winning the the Rising Star Award to realize that you could maybe make a career out of this. And it's just interesting, especially with this industry, when we realize, you know, oh, this is, I can actually do this. Like this is, this is something that I could do for my, my career and I can make money from this. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's really interesting because my story for the music industry was I, you know, I'd always loved music and I was, you know, one of those kids who, as soon as I got home, I turned on MTV and, you know, watched all the music videos and, you know, loved going into the CD stores and buying that and moved into records eventually. And it wasn't until I went to college and I was undecided thinking, okay, well, I'll go into business, but, you know, I don't know really what I want to do and found in the, the course catalog that they had a music industry program. Wow. And I was like, wow, you can, I can actually do this for my career. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's just interesting, those things that you're like, oh, where it like kind of clicks and you're just like, this, this can be my life. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's really funny that you say that because I think for me, the entire sort of beginning of my life was all about acting. I didn't even know what producing was uh, until I moved to Los Angeles. And then when, when I got into independent film here, I there's this whole other side of things that I was like, oh, wait, I really like this. I really like putting teams of people together. I like making things happen. You know, I like putting out fires. Like I, I feel like that was, that's a a certain kind of person that likes this kind of job. 
And it wasn't until I, you know, I got here and realized, oh, actually, this is a job that you can do this too. Um, and then you can do, you know, you can do it all that I really decided, okay, you know, foot on the gas, like, let's go. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have your own production company, Wally Bird Productions. Tell me a little about how that company came about and what it is. And we talked a little bit about what it is that you do, but just dive a little bit more in, into the, the process and things you do in the company. Sure. Um, so yes, uh, I, uh, you know, I own Wally Bird Productions, but I am the lead producer on the things that we um, actually make. So what does that mean? <laughs> a producer is, well, there's all kinds of different roles actually that the producer does. I mean, you know, sometimes the producer is somebody who is actually looking for the funding. Sometimes the producer is just a creative producer where they come in and they're hiring the teams of people who are going to be on it, which is like, you know, the crew and they're, you know, they're part of the casting and, I um, mean, which actors are going to be a part of it, um, you know, what locations we're going to shoot at, even having a hand in what is the camera that we're going to be using and the equipment. So that's the kind of producer that I am. There's really not nothing that I've ever worked on that I haven't been fully a part of from the very beginning of the project, which is someone comes to me and says, hey, I want you to produce this with me. Let's do it. And then usually what happens is depending on what it is, whether it's a feature or a video or a short film, we go into this time period where we're sitting with the script and sort of looking at it and going, okay, is there any changes that need to be made in the script? Are there certain things that maybe we can't do? You know, there is limitations definitely as far as independent film is concerned because we don't have the budgets that big films have. Eventually, Wally Bird Productions will, but right now we're still, you know, working in the low budget realm and very independently. So we have to be very cognizant of, okay, so, well, we can't blow up the building, but what can we do to make it maybe look like that we can? Or, you know, these different things that we can, um, so we have to adjust sometimes to, you know, the amazing scripts that the writers have. Um, it's just sometimes we can't actually accomplish those because of the, the, the funding issue. Um, so then after, you know, we, we've gone through that, we go through a series of uh, pre-production and in pre-production, we're really laying out what it is that we're going to do in production. And for me, and for all the years that I have been doing this, pre-production is 100% the most important thing because you are setting the foundation. It's just like, you know, if you were building a house, you can't have, uh, you know, sand floors and build on top of that. It has to be really sturdy so that you can continue building as many floors as you possibly want. So for pre-production, we go through everything. And really it's about at that time, you know, interviewing people and getting together the team of people that are going to actually take this creative property to the next level. And I feel like that's so important. And a lot of times producers or filmmakers will sort of skip past that part. And then they're just like, okay, so like next week we need to shoot. And this is, this is what we need to do. If you really take the time in pre-production, once you get to production, everything is going to be so much more streamlined and smooth because as it is, production is an entire beast of its own. And so is post-production once you're done with the film. You know, there's, there's basically these three tiers. And if you can set yourself up for success from the very beginning, going into those next steps is going to be so much easier. We do the pre-production and then we get into production. And by this time, when we're in production, we already have our locations, our cast, 
our crew, everything is locked down, you know, our, our catering, how we're going to feed people, all that stuff. Everything has been locked down before then. We go into production, we shoot, days are long, days are hard, but they're fun. And then you wrap. And then comes a whole nother part of production, which is called post-production. And that is something totally different. That is a whole new set of people that are hired to actually finish making the film. You know, any young filmmaker that I've ever talked to who doesn't have any experience or has never really been on a set before, I always say, like, make sure that you do that, that you go on as many sets. And also... Find out if you can be part of the post-production crew in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just as an assistant or something like that. Because I think it's really important to learn that each one of these steps has different people that are involved, that all have different jobs, but they're all really important to making the film. Because nobody can make a film completely by themselves. I mean, you could, but that would be absolutely crazy town. So, um, <laughs> you know, I highly recommend that you create a really great team of people around you because it really does take a village to make a film. And coming together and creating that team of people is really, really important because you do want to have like-minded people who are all working toward the same goal, which is making the best possible film you can. And that goes for music video, film, um, theater, anything that you do that's some kind of production. It's really a team effort. Nobody nobody can do it on their own. Yeah, that's sort of just like the lesson in filmmaking 101. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I really, I mean, I, I did a little bit when I was in grad school. We, we had a project where we got to pick an industry to do like a project on just kind of analyzing the business side of it. So my group actually did film industry, but mm-hmm. We focus more on like, you know, the numbers and the business and that. So this is actually really cool to learn all these pieces. And, you know, I think being in LA, even though I do work in music, I still see some of what goes on as far as production goes. And and you get to know people who are in the industry. But that's really interesting just to learn like from start to finish, like what's involved. And it's, I mean, it's like you said, it takes a village. It's, it's pretty crazy. And, and I talk about this with a lot of the artists and, you know, business owners that, you know, I interview or that I work with. And, you know, I say like, you have to, you can't do it all on your, yourself. I mean, you could, like you said, but find what is your specialty, what you're good at, what you like, and then hire out the rest. Yeah. And but understand what each piece is. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. And also too, there might be things that you find like, okay, so I'm good at this. But then when you, once you're working on a set and you realize, oh, I really like this. And this is something else that I could be good at. Like you never have to say, well, I only do set design or I only am a director. Like I think that changes in time. I never considered myself a director just several years ago. And I've started to get into that. And I really like directing and I want to continue doing more of that. So I think as time changes and you know, projects change and stuff, you also change. As I mean, obviously we all do. As we get older, we we change and things that we like change. And so, yeah, I think just keeping yourself open to those things, it, it might be something really exciting that you're like, hey, I never thought that I actually really liked this part of it, but I really do. And then and then you can do it and learn learn from it, and and you know even make money doing it. So yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it's like a very, very hands-on experience. Like that's how you learn is by doing. Um, I know there are, you know, a lot of programs out there that teach you how to make film and how to produce and whatnot. What I've gathered from, you know, your experience is just, you've really learned from just doing and being super involved in everything. Yes. 
Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think, yeah, you can definitely go to film school and there's something that I did not go to film school. I think that you could certainly, and there's, uh, there's something to be said about that, but I think the best experience that you're going to get is to have the experience. So getting yourself on sets, whether it's like, Hey, I just want to work today and I, you know, you don't have to pay me or, you know, uh, maybe I can just eat like, you know, whatever it is that can get you on the set, learning, meeting people and seeing what goes on. That's the best education that you're going to get because that is really you in the trenches doing it. To me, there's no better education than actually going through it yourself. Yeah. Cause you could learn theory all day, but until you actually apply it, you know, it's, it's just kind of there. Right? Exactly. Like you, yeah. And I think it's the same way with, you know, music and, and when you're performing and, you know, writing and, you know, you can learn how to write a song, but if you don't actually apply it, you're never going to write. Yeah. And I think even from my perspective, um, have coming from the film world and now working with people in the music industry, it's really interesting because they are two separate industries, definitely, but there's so many different things that do collide with each other that are very similar. So I think having a knowledge also too of both industries so that you can go do both is really important. And I highly suggest it for people because I'm not a music producer in any way, but I produce the videos that go along with the music that is produced. So, um, you know, I think it all kind of culminates together. So I think knowing a little bit about whatever industry it is that you are working in is also really important. Learning the, the people who are involved in it and the kinds of things that they are working on and stuff, that's knowledge is power. So. Yeah. Well, and you think about it too, because they're, you know, in film, you have music. So you right. have to understand how the the licensing process works and how to get music in in the film and you know what a music library is and how to get you know just even if it's that that little background sound right just absolutely there's yeah there's so much they are separate but there's so much crossover and you know I have I have classmates who they work for you know music libraries or now they work for film companies in the music department it's just interesting how we we focused in you know in school and and talk about the music industry and it's so focused on record labels and you know music publishing but then there are these jobs out there that are at Lionsgate at Mm-hmm. you know, Sony at, you know, and I'm sure you, you probably collaborate with, with musicians and people in the music industry to get music onto your films and all that. So all the time, all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, yes. And I, and I want musicians to send me their, their music because not only is it just on the projects that are going out like short films or a feature or whatever, it's also promotion of those things that we can use your music in. You know, it could be the trailers that are going out for those things or interviews that are being done with the actors or directors of the film. Yeah, a hundred percent, you know, there's, there's major collaboration between the film and music industry. And that's why it's really good that, you know, you have a balance of understanding how each one works. Right. Yeah, definitely. So Wallybird Productions, tell me a little bit about kind of your start in, of the company and, and what that process was like for you really building it from, I guess, scratch, right? Totally from scratch. Yeah. So so when, when I came to LA originally, um, you know, at the time I, I was telling you earlier, I was an actor, dancer. And when I first got here, I'm just going to kind of go back a little bit. I My first job ever was as a pussycat doll. And... I know that we all know that as a, that there are, we are a girl group, 
um, now. But at the time, it was a variety show that Robin Anton, who created the Pussycat Dolls, was doing. So that was my first sort of foray into uh, celebrity culture, I guess, um, at the time, because we had literally everybody in that show. Carmen Electra, Gwen Stefani. Oh, wow. Applegate. Yeah, it was crazy. We performed six weeks of the Roxy, something like that, uh, in Hollywood. And it was just the, mo- the coolest experience of my life. And that was my first job getting to LA. And I was just one of the Pussycat Dolls. I was one of like 12 girls. And we performed all these different dances. We had Sailor Boys. It was like super fun. Um, and then pretty shortly after that, I got into independent film. I made that my focus. And as the Pussycat Dolls was becoming actually a girl group, because that was what Robin had always wanted it to be. And then she sort of made that group. I went the other way and what got into independent film. And I met my ex-husband at the time and we started making film together. And our first film was called Iowa. That was an official selection at Tribeca Film Festival that dealt with crystal methamphetamine in the Midwest. Um, It had Roseanne Arquette in it. We did that and then made a documentary called Dying for Meth that was also about methamphetamine, but that was um, a real girl's account of her life and sort of what she went through, whereas the feature was completely fictional. So from there, uh, made some horror films that did really, really well um, called The Orphan Killer. Um, it was banned in Germany and Australia, actually, for glorification (laughs) of violence. (laughs) Um, so there were some like crazy, bloody, gory, um, movies and there were slasher films, kind of an ode to like the old school Freddy, Jason, um, you know, Michael Myers type of movies. And that film became really like a cult underground classic. We actually ended up selling the mask of the bad guy in Sears and Walmart because so many people had seen it illegally downloaded online. So um, it kind of went gangbusters and we didn't even kind of know that it was going to do that. But subsequently, we made a sequel to that film called The Orphan Killer 2 Bound by Blood, which recently actually came out on Blu-ray. And then pretty much what happened is, is my entire personal life got flipped upside down. I was married at the time to the, you know, the partner that I was making, my, my husband and the partner that I was making all of these films with. In the interim of all this, I had two children, was making films, and then our marriage fell apart during that time and we got divorced. So over the last five years of my life, I have really had to change everything about my life because at the time he and I were a team and we were making things together. So I went from that to having to start all over again and make make everything my own. So that has been a very difficult road only because I say, look, I, you know, divorce is hard as it is. And then to sort of kind of switch gears and do something on your own that you have been doing with somebody else for such a long time. Um, I think was really um, a big challenge for me. And then of course it came with other things. I mean, there was a lot of things that I had to sort of get through that I went through in my marriage that I had to, you know, go to therapy for. And so I really had to sort of take those first couple of years and really take care of myself and take care of my children. And so at the time, starting Wally Bird Productions was not really at the top of my mind, surviving certainly and figuring out how, you know, I'm going to pay my rent and feed the kids and do all these things that that's obviously was top of mind. 
so slowly but surely, I uh, started getting back into an acting school. I started kind of getting some gigs here and there, producing some, some you know, small things, just sort of getting back on my feet again. And as that started to happen, uh, very unfortunately, my older brother passed away very unexpectedly. And that was um, the beginning of 2018. And really that moment for me changed everything. And it changed the trajectory of sort of now where my life is headed. It was sort of like a complete stop. It was a very, very difficult time to get through. And I think that moment, I realized I had to obviously keep going. Not only would my brother would, would like that, but I, I needed to, to really define what it is that I want to spend my time doing because we have such little time here on this earth. You know, you, you got to make sure you're doing exactly what you love every moment. So that is exactly when I decided to start my production company. I said, you know, I have been doing this producing thing for so many years. I've been doing acting and I really want to start a company that makes a difference and is inclusive and representative of the people that are in this world. And that is exactly when I decided to to start it. And I named Wally Bird after my brother. His name was Walter. And his childhood nickname that we called him was Wally Bird. And it sort of came to me in this moment. And I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, I had been thinking about different names of like what I could call it and nothing really was like ringing a bell. And then just like that, it was just like, boom, I know exactly what I wanted to be called. And for me, it really means so much that I'm honoring his life by naming my production company after him. Um, but also everything that he stood for. He was a really wonderful person and a lot of fun. It makes me happy that that is something that I can do, you know, having having this company by honoring him. So that was the very long story of how <laughs> I got to um, having, you know, being the owner and founder of Wally Bird Productions. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to go back like a little bit. You, you'd mentioned, you know, taking care of, you know, your family and yourself. And I think that's so important that we recognize that too, because we have to take care of ourselves before we can build a business, right? If we're not taking care of ourselves, how are we going to be able to take care of a business? So I think that's incredibly important, you know, and great that you recognized that. And then kudos to you for getting through all of that. That sounds like you definitely went through the ringer and you still pushed on through and came out on top. And, you know, you've got this company that's doing really well and you're you're looking to the future. And I think that's just incredible. I think a lot of us would just kind of shut down. Mm. You know, in the last you know several months, I've gone through some some things too. And it's just at first my first instinct was I, you know, just shut down, right? Like just I just want to sit in my bed and I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. Right. But I had to really, you know, come upon that like, no, I have to keep going. Like I can't just stop. I think that's that's important to recognize, you know, where your mind is at. Mm. And then what's what's most important and really prioritize, you know, I, I just kudos to you for really, you know, recognizing what was important and what you needed to do. And I think that's awesome too, that you're honoring your brother with a name and with the company and, and all of that. So thank you so much. I mean, yeah, I, I think that a hundred percent having a healthy mind, healthy heart, like that's really where, where it's at. And I think we're getting more and more to be like that. I think, you know, I can remember 
I mean, I just turned 40 um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's so crazy because number one, I don't feel 40, whatever 40 is supposed to feel like. <laughs> but um, like, I feel like I'm 21, you know, I'm like, let's go. Um, but I, I think it's like, I never heard the phrase self-love growing up. That was not something that I think that was very much like at the forefront of people's minds. Just the idea, or at least how I grew up or the, just the people that I was around, you know, not that we didn't love ourselves. It was just like that concept, self-love and like self-care is so important. And I think 100%, like how can you do anything else if you're not healthy? It's just it's just going back to the saying that like when you're on an airplane, like they say, like put your mask on first right. before you can help anybody else. <laughs> that concept is so like novel. You know, it's just like, yes, I need this oxygen so that I can help others and I can be of service and I can do other things. So for me, 100%, one of the most important things was that I did really get healthy. I'm a big advocate for therapy, 100%, because I think you can, you know, you can learn a lot about yourself and that whatever you've gone through in your life, that it's, it's important to talk about things. So I thank you, you know, for commending me on that. But I also think it's sort of like, I really didn't have any other choice. I mean, I could have just let it all go and just said, you know, screw it. I'm, you know, I'm just going to cry all day long and just forget it. But I think that if you can really believe in yourself and know that you are worthy of doing so much more, when you really have that talk and you you can start talking to yourself and go, I'm worthy of this and I'm worthy of having a really good life and I'm worthy of, of feeling good, then you can start to create the life that you actually want. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I can talk about it. I mean, it's been five years of me getting to this point of like five years ago, I would not have been able to have this conversation because I was a complete wreck. But now I can, I can look back and say, wow, I really have come a long way and I want to help other people see that within themselves. You know, if they, if they just get through the scary part that there's freedom on the other side of that. And that feels so good. And I I want every, I really want everyone to feel that, you know, to feel like that they're empowered, especially women. I think it's just, it's super important. So thank you for pointing that out. And and I appreciate it very much. Yeah. And I think a lot of us too, especially as women, we, we get stuck in our heads and we think, you know, you, you mentioned that you're empowered and you can do this. A lot of us think, Oh, maybe I'm not good enough, you know, and we look at we look at job openings like I just went through this recently. I was looking at, you know, just going through LinkedIn, seeing what was there, and I'm like, oh, I don't I'm not qualified for that. And I don't think I can do that. And I had to stop myself and say, Well, why not? Why can't I? Right. You know, what's preventing me from learning those things that I don't know? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if say I did apply for that job, turning it around and saying, okay, well, in my cover letter or, or if I get to the interview stage, yeah, I don't know how to do that, but I'm a quick learner. I'm willing to, to take the time to learn exactly how to do that. It's, it's that imposter syndrome, right? We just, we just think that we're not good enough and we really kind of need to, to get ourselves out of that. And, and I do that same thing. I, I have to coach myself. Yes. Yeah. You got to coach myself through it. Talk, you know, like, bye. And that, that kind of leads me into my next, um, my next question is the podcast really focuses on, on women and highlighting their stories 
and how they got to where they are. But we also talk about, you know, the struggles in the music entertainment industry, whether it's struggling to get a job or the different resistance that we come across. So mm-hmm. just, I'm just curious as, you know, a business owner, as uh, you know, an actor, as a producer, all the different roles that you've had in your career so far, have you come across that kind of resistance as a woman or has it just been the general, like, it's just hard to get into this industry? And if you did, how did you overcome that? Um, that's a great question. I mean, yeah, I definitely have had struggles just straight up with, you know, everything that's been going on over the last few years with the Me Too movement. I mean, I can remember when I first came to LA, you know, looking for an agent and the whole thing of like, well, you know, what are you going to do for me if I do this for you kind of thing is very real. And that's really disheartening for a lot of young women to feel like, hey, you know, you don't want to work with me because I'm talented. Is it, you know, you just want to have sex or, you know, like that's like... That idea is so crazy. And, and I definitely, unfortunately, have been several times put in that position and definitely been able to, thank God, get out of it and not have to do anything or be subjected to anything. You know, this was, this was years ago. And I think that we are definitely turning the tables on that. And really, you know, coming out of that because I think it is prevalent and I think it is something we have to talk about because, you know, we can't any longer allow people to to do those things, act that way. Yes, I've definitely had uh, situations like that and um, it's really unfortunate and I hope that we're, we're coming on the other side of that, that people are understanding, hey... That's not going to fly and I don't accept that and I'm not going to allow you to talk to me that way or treat me that way. And then I think in in general, being a woman, being in the position of a leadership role, for the most part, I have been very, very lucky to really, you know, create teams of people who are really respectful and really enjoy working with each other. So I've never had a situation where somebody doesn't like respect my authority or feel like that I'm not, you know, giving my input in the best interest of the film or music video or whatever it is that that we're working on. But I do think in general for women that yes, I think that it is harder and I think that is another reason why I started my own production company because am I in a financial position where I don't have to do anything else on the side? No, I do because number one, I have two teenagers. So, uh, you know, <laughs> life is expensive in Los Angeles. Like, hello. But, um, you know, but in creating my own company, I am creating essentially my own job and I'm creating my own jobs, not only for myself, but for other people. So I really think that that is important and why I tell people all the time, write your own stuff and figure out how to get it made because you're, you are actually creating a job for yourself. And, and, and you know, if, if it's not out there, then create it. I think that goes back to, once again, feeling empowered, especially for women in this business. You know, if you're out there listening, like really make, you know, make time to figure out what it is you want to do and actually make that happen. In, in, in whatever means necessary that you have to. And there are people that will, you know, that can guide you and that do want to help. And I'm, I'm definitely one of those people, you know, I, I will talk to people about their projects, you know, doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to work on the project, but I'm happy to talk to them about it and try and lead them in the right direction. You just have to be open to talking to people and not allowing anything to get in the way of that. So I hope that that answered that a little bit. Um, Yeah, yeah. 
No, and that's great, great advice too. Someone might act a certain way, but that's not reflective of the whole industry. So don't let yourself get discouraged. Like yes. I think what you're doing, you know, you're you're in a position where you know, younger generations can look up and say, oh my gosh, she, she did had her own production company. She was a leader and they can see you in that role and then see that is possible for them. And that if they surround themselves with the right people, they too can, can have that. Yes, definitely. Because every industry is going to have the naysayers and the ones that say, oh, without me, you'll never be able to do this. Right. But that's not true. That's absolutely not true. And if somebody says that, then you definitely don't want to be working with them. Right. You know, I think that you yeah. know you want you want to be working with people that have a general overall respect, not only for you, for themselves, for every single person on board. And it really is important because I think a lot of young people come here and I really didn't know a lot about the, the industry because my family's not in the industry. So I, I really didn't know a lot. So I, I very much had to learn on my own a lot of things that some people who are born into it already know or you know who have had experience in the past. So that is really, really important. I don't want anybody ever to be discouraged just because somebody tells you, well, you know, I was told you can't act and produce. I mean, I was told that from people and I'm not going to name their names, but these are people that do big things. And that's crazy. You know, they may have thought that was a while, a while back. So, you know, they may have changed their mind and now they think well, you can, but at the time I was young and impressionable. And I was like, well, why can't I, I can do this and I am going to do it. I'll show you. So, um, you Just know, putting your mind to it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Yeah. And like, you can see too, there's a lot of, you know, actresses now, um, you know, women in in the entertainment industry that, you know, now they're producing, they're directing. Um, You know, there's a couple that I followed because they've been on some shows that I've watched and I've watched them go from being an actress. And now, you know, they've, you know, gone through different programs that hire female directors or, you know, they're now producing and acting on the same show. Exactly. Reese Witherspoon is a great, um, you know, she literally, I love her Mm -hmm. career. And, you know, that's something that like, I absolutely love the fact that she's been able to seamlessly go from an actor to producing. And she's very much about putting women's voices ahead. And and, um, she's just given so many opportunities to people. And now she has a production company. So yes, I definitely, I agree. I think it has changed. Certainly the business has changed, you know, from the time I mean, I've been, I've been in LA 18 years. So of course it's like from the, you know, 18 years ago, my goodness, I hope we are continuing to, to progress <laughs> forward, you know? Um, so yeah, I agree. I think, you know, things have changed and we are seeing more and more actors who are now becoming directors or have their own production company or, you know, are doing, are doing different things. I think that no longer is it like, you can only be one thing, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, just sit and look pretty. Right. You know, now we we do all different things, you know, and we can own the company too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up here a little bit, um, you know, we kind of went through some advice, Um, Do you have any resources you'd recommend for other women looking to get started in the entertainment industry, uh, in production, or, you know, kind of anything that you've really gone into yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think what's really important, number one, is that you read the trade magazines so that, you know, you're reading the Hollywood Reporter and the and Variety and all that stuff. So you kind of know the jobs and things that are happening. I know that right now it's kind of a crazy time with everything that's gone over the last, you know, few months with coronavirus. Like what's going to happen with production? I think everyone's kind of like, 
we don't know. So I think, you know, staying up on that is really important. Also, I really suggest if you, know, you want to get involved in film um, or uh, anything like production wise, that that you that you read some books or if you want to get into screenwriting there is a great book called save the cat that is um, about screenwriting it's it's really comprehensive it's like so many people mention it because it, it really is a, a really good book on sort of how you, how you even create a screenplay um, and then I also suggest definitely if you can take different classes. Like there's so many online classes that you can take or different sessions you can attend, especially right now. Learning, like I I said it earlier, like knowledge is power. Learning, educating yourself about what other people have been through and also taking classes on things. I really think that is a great tool to be able to learn because right now, especially if you want to be in production, you can't necessarily be on set, but you can read and you can, you know, take classes, you know, 100%, you know, check out... um, Backstage.com has a, has a lot of stuff that goes on. Um, do you have show notes? Because I can definitely send you. Yes. Yeah, I can yeah. include links in the show notes. Perfect. So. Perfect. Yeah, because um, there's a there's a number of different you know resources that I can um, send to you that people can can take a look at and you know just click on over and and they'll be right there. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I will definitely um, share all that, and then once you send me those over, I'll put them in the show notes. And just uh, one last question here before we go. Um, where can my audience find and connect with you and Wally Bird Productions? Yes, please connect with me. Reach out to me. I, I love talking to people and you know I love hearing about people's ideas and if I can help in any way or send them kind of in the right direction, I'm happy to do that. So the website is wallybirdproductions.com and then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Diane Foster Official. And then you can find Wally Bird Productions on Instagram at Wally Bird Productions. And I have a Twitter, but I don't really do it much. And I just started it a while ago and everyone's always like, why don't you do Twitter? And I'm just like, I don't know. Cause I have, I'm doing Instagram mostly. And yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm like there's too much. I'm just like, I can't do it. Um, so yeah, so that's the, those are the best places to find me. Um, you know, please any, you know, reach out and email me on both of my Instagrams. I have a link tree that has a lot of different resources, different interviews that I've done, and it'll take you to the website and it'll be basically just keep you up to date with everything, you know, what projects that I have that are going on right now in, you know, in the moment. So it's, it's really, I update that pretty much, um, you know, like on the daily. So, um, you can, you know, find me there and again, DM me, um, email me. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. I'll uh, link to all those two in the show notes so you can all find them there. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Diane. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I I really want all your listeners to know that just stay at it, whatever it is that you want to do, because if not you, then who? And you've got this. So go for it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.